Amen. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, like he said in his prayer, my name is Andrew. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Good. Nice. Love to hear that. Uh, so the last few weeks we've been using a higher stage, but since I'm so tall, we took the stage down a little bit. That didn't work as well as I thought it would. All right. Um, we're just using the shorter stage this week, so whatever. Uh, good morning. I, use, I am in charge of our family groups uh, and our college Bible study. So if you guys want to get connected in that, uh, I would love to help you get connected into a family group, which is how we do community here at the branch. And then our college Bible study, uh, we meet at a coffee shop in town uh, on Wednesday nights at 8. So we'd love to have you there. Um, kiddos. If you haven't gone, you are dismissed. But if you are here, um, we have a, a sheet for you. Uh, and if you haven't gotten that sheet yet, it's for them to be able to follow along with the sermon so that they're not confused. There might be a couple of times where I like, address something specifically for the kids today. Um, but it's helpful for you as well, adults. So when I address the kids, also listen in, you know, have some humility. Um, so I'm going to pray, and in that time of prayer, parents, if you have kiddos that would like to have that sheet, there are some at the check-in table uh, for kids. So let's pray before we dive into Ephesians. Father, thank you uh, for your goodness. Thank you that your goodness is towards us. Thank you for this church, this group of people that you have bought, brought together for your glory. Thank you for your word and its truth. We praise you for all the grace that you've shown us through your son, Jesus. I pray that his name would be magnified today, Lord, and that you would mold us to be more like him in our thinking, in our worship, and in our living. Amen. All right. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. I'm going to read it again. Thank you, Stephen, for reading it. But I want you guys to read it with minds cued towards repeated words. All right, so something that's really, really important while you're studying the Bible, when you're reading the Bible for yourself, is to think about, hey, if Paul, who's a writer here, is saying something over and over and over again, that means that it is important, right? So let's cue in to those repeated words as we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised 
Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So hopefully had those a lot of repeated words in there. But kiddos, kiddos, this is for you. This is your main point. And it should be on the screen if you want to, we're going to leave it up there for you. God has loved his people from before the beginning of time. And we cannot earn his love because we cannot earn something that has already been given to us. Those are some key insights that we're going to leave on the screen for a while. But how did we get all of that from a 14-verse run-on sentence in the Greek? This is one sentence in the Greek. Paul's just like super excited as he's writing it, a worship sentence. All right, so let's do some of that work that we had in the text, those repeated things. Blessed or blessing uh, is about three or four times, depending on the word that's used. Definitely three for blessing. Predestined is two times. Inheritance is two times. To the praise of his glory is three times. And in him, in Christ, or in the beloved, which is all the same idea, is 11 times. So based off of that, what is this passage about? Union with Christ. So, this isn't necessarily a point that Paul is trying to make, but it's evident in the text. I want you to see this. There's the three times that he says, to the praise of his glory. It's like a praise break in the middle of, of the text. The idea is that right thinking, right, this theology, right thinking leads to right worship. Right thinking leads to right worship, or the fancy way to say it is right theology leads to right doxology. And if your theology does not lead you to doxology, if it doesn't lead you to worship, then your theology has turned you into an idolater. If you idolize your theology that doesn't lead you to praise God, then you are worshiping a theology and you're not worshiping the theos which theology comes to. Right? Your theology should lead you to doxology, to praise. Y'all know that song, Praise God, from whom all blessings flow, that we sing, right? Do y'all want to sing it real quick? Go for it. All right. Praise God. That's good. We don't have rhythm. But we have right theology and we have doxology. We don't sing untrue songs at church, right? We have right thinking that leads us to right praise. We wouldn't sing that song if it stopped short of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, we listen to songs all the time. You, we might listen to something in your car, but your, the songs that we sing also should pattern and create a life that's lived after those songs. Um, here's a weird thought. Right? Anybody listen to Taylor Swift in here? 
got some millennials, so yeah, lots of T-Swift fans. Um, you know how she's doing that thing where she's doing songs that she wrote again that she wrote when she was like 12? Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's, the reason that it's weird, like that when she's re-releasing these songs and you hear her sing like, when you're 15 and somebody tells you, like that thing, it's like, because she's singing a song as a 30-year-old, that only makes sense in the context of a 15-year-old's mind. So like it sounds and it feels weird because her thinking should have matured past the idea of that 15-year-old. And she's singing the same song as a 30-year-old. It's awkward. It doesn't sound right. Her voice is too mature to sing the song that a 15-year-old has sung, right? In the same way, we should be developing, we should be growing as people, as Christ followers, and our worship and practice should also grow. We shouldn't be thinking the exact same way that we thought when we first came to Christ. We should be growing in our faith and growing in our understanding of who God is. So right thinking, right theology brings us to right praise or right doxology. So we talked about these repeated words and the most repeated words. Do y'all remember what it was? In Christ. This passage, Paul is screaming at us that the Messiah, Jesus, is the nexus point of all creation. For those who call Jesus the Messiah, their Lord, who have faith and trust in him, he is the means of our blessing, our adoption, our predestination, our chosenness, and our inheritance. This passage is about Jesus. That is it. Amen? Praise God. It's about Jesus. So before we go further, I want to tackle this idea of in Christ, or the theological term is union with Christ. All right. Uh, when Amanda and I were first married, we uh, or dating, I don't remember which one this is. My timelines are getting funny, but we went shoe shopping. Right. So um, for me, because my shoes wear out like nobody's business, and I'm selfish. So um, I desperately needed some nice shoes that she could see me out in public wearing. And uh, so we went to this store at a mall. Y'all remember malls? And uh, we were looking at shoes. And they're all leather. They're all really nice. And the salesman uh, comes up to us. And he's like, oh, you're going to want these, right? The, the leather is beautiful. It's, it does really great in the rain. Like when they get wet, it's just like a duck skin. Like it just floats off the back of it. And the, the padding is goat skin, and it's going to feel like you're walking on a cloud, and it's amazing, right? Uh, they're the most comfortable shoe that you will ever put on, and they're on sale. Like, Ooh, okay. That is a true statement. They are the most comfortable shoe that I ever put on my foot. But, like, the salesman says all that stuff. Like, That's his job. He's just supposed to say, when you wear these shoes, you're going to feel like you're walking on clouds, right? That's what he's supposed to say. And he was right. When I put these shoes on, I felt like I was walking on clouds. But if I would have walked out of the room without putting the shoes on, I would, I would have known all the information about the shoe. I would have known that water falls off of them like a duck and that they are made of goat skin and all of those things. But the shoe does me no good unless I get in to the shoe, right? So I got into that pair of shoes, and oh my goodness. 
the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn in my entire life, and they were cheap. So I walked out of, those, out of the store, I took the shoes off of my, the shoes that I was currently wearing, I put them in the box, I put those shoes on my feet, and I walked out wearing clouds on my feet. You don't receive the cloud feet blessing until you get into the shoes. You can talk about it all you want, study it all you want, look at them all you want, but the blessings of wearing those goat shoes only come when you walk in those shoes around town. So what does that have to do with Ephesians? We only receive the spiritual blessing and inheritance in and through Jesus the Messiah. We are blessed in Christ. Sinclair Ferguson says it like this, and he's an old Scottish guy, so if you want to imagine that he's saying it, it's that. There are no spiritual blessings available to us except those that come to us in Christ Jesus. We are blessed only in Christ. So what are those blessings that Paul's talking about? Election. So this might be a tough doctrine for some of you. And some of you, when you knew that we were talking about Ephesians chapter 1, verses uh, 3 through 14, you thought that I was going to sit up here and talk about that the entire time. But this passage is not about that. But election is a blessing that is found in the Scriptures. And I want you to hear this. Without Jesus, none of us are elect. It is only in Christ that the doctrine of predestination comes to truth. The doctor, this doctrine is about God's outgoing love through Jesus that some may be brought near to him through Jesus, the one who God loves. We are loved by God in Christ. Another one of those blessings is grace, unmerited favor given to us because of Christ, not by our own work. The Father, Son, and Spirit have had unity since before time. Since before they decided to create, they were one and in union and perfect fellowship. They have never separated. And we, in Christ, receive that fellowship, that union with the Trinity, that love, divine completeness comes to us, grace in Christ, not anything else. Another blessing is forgiveness. It only comes in Christ. The other, another blessing, the presence of the Spirit. The presence of the Spirit of God does not come to us unless Christ accomplishes the plan. We have no seal of the Spirit without the plan of the Father and the self-sacrifice of Jesus. Hope, another blessing, only through Jesus. Revelation, our understanding of the covenant of God to his people only comes in Christ. And Stephen said this over and over and over again as we studied Exodus uh, the last few months. But we can't understand Exodus or all of Scripture 
theologically until we understand it Christologically, right? We don't understand the blessings of God unless we understand the blessings of God in Christ because we don't receive them any other way. We are blessed in Christ alone. We are predestined in Christ. What are we predestined for? We are predestined to be treated as sons and daughters of God. To be seen as beloved of God. God saw it fit to look at his son and say mine to all who would get in Christ. All who would call on his name. He took it on himself to look at humanity in love and adopt those who would trust in his son. In our destiny, we are invited into Trinitarian fellowship in Christ. We'll see later that there's also good works that we are destined for. We have an inheritance in Christ. What is our inheritance? Fellowship with God. Peace with our neighbor. And we do not receive these apart from Christ. It's getting pretty repetitive, isn't it? I'm only repetitive because Paul is repetitive. So Christ is how we receive these blessings. And the guarantee that we will receive these in full one day is the Holy Spirit. He has sealed us with his spirit. Remember that union that we talked about, the Trinitarian fellowship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? They will never break unity. And so with the spirit as our guarantee for inheritance, that means that the Father looks at the Son and the Son looks at the Spirit, and now looking at us, we are invited in, and he is our seal. We will never be lost in Christ. Because the Spirit is our guarantee. Um, right now, on Wednesday nights, we're studying Hosea uh, for the college Bible study. And uh, one of the things about Hosea is that the people of Israel were ascribing worship. They were ascribing a worship to other gods that belonged, like the worship belonged to Yahweh. It should have been ascribed to their God. But the Israelites were worshiping other gods for blessings that Yahweh had given them, right? And uh, the people were blind to the fact that all of their blessings actually came from their God, Yahweh. And I think we do that too. Like we're blessed because we live in Lumpkin County in the United States. We're blessed because the family that we were brought into. We're blessed because we went to college or we have a job that pays well. We're ascribing the blessing to the wrong thing, right? The blessing comes in Christ alone, and our worship should go to him alone. You can't buy God's blessing through your good works or through your prayer 
the blessing comes to us in Christ. So this passage, what is it? It's a pastoral. His goal is to, to care for his people. It's theological. It is deep. It's rich in truth. And it's the gospel. It should drive us to worship God. That's what Paul does. He, he breaks down into worship three different times. He says, and so for us, we should praise the Father who's chosen to redeem humanity and his Son, the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Praise the Son who went according to the plan and died our death for the redemption of those who would trust and follow him. To praise the Spirit who's the guarantee of our adoption and the seal that connects us to the creator of the universe. Praise the Trinity who saw it fit to love a broken humanity and to do something about it, to do something for us. So we must have a right understanding of God and of ourselves in order to have right worship of God. God is holy. He's distinct from all creation. He's perfect. Perfect love, perfect justice. And we are not God, right? We mess up. We mess up yesterday. We mess up this morning. We're created. We're not the creator. We do things out of selfish desires. We disregard God. We attribute to ourselves that which we should attribute to God. We have pride. We hurt others. And in God's perfect love and perfect justice, he paid for all of our wrongdoing through Jesus, the chosen Messiah, and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he invites us, all of us, to himself. So as I invite all of us who are in Christ to the table today, I want you to think about that, the table of grace. Come and enjoy fellowship with God in Christ. If you have faith, if you know that Jesus is who he says he is, that he died your death, that he rose from the grave, that he ascended to Christ on high, and one day he's coming back. If you believe that, you are welcome to enjoy the table. If you don't believe that yet, I invite you to believe that. I know there's some of you in the room that have rejected this claim of Jesus. And I urge you, I ask, I beg, to consider that Jesus is who he says he is. And that when you are in Christ, you receive those spiritual blessings. You receive love from the Father. You receive hope for a future. You receive fellowship and grace, forgiveness from your sin. And if you would like to talk about that and what that looks like to step into faith, I would love to talk. I'll be hanging around here on the side. Uh, some of our elders and uh, other people would love to pray with you. Probably somebody next to you uh, that brought you here would love to chat with you about that. In God's perfect love, he paid for our sin in Christ. Right theology, right thinking, the gospel. That, that beautiful message of the gospel of grace should have a loud response. 
a praise that blows the roof off of this building. Praise that launches you into your seat tomorrow morning with a mindset on doing paperwork as if it were worship unto God. A praise that whatever comes your way, it's the most true thing that holds you fast to God. He will not leave you. The Spirit is your guarantee that God has not abandoned you. The death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus is our assurance that God's not done with this broken world, with my broken family, with this sickness, with seasons of pain and frustration. How do I know that he will make everything right? Because he says, I am his beloved, and because I am in Christ, and he would not treat his only begotten son who's conquered death on my behalf with a half promise. Does that make sense? The promises that we have, the hope that we have, God's promise to Jesus is that all things on heaven and on earth, it says this in the text, will be united in Christ. They're not going to be united in unpeace. They will be united in peace and hope and forgiveness. You get excited talking about eschatology. It is a draw to worship God. He will finish what he started, and we do have hope. Theology leads us to doxology, which leads us to right living. Our thoughts about God should impact our worship of God, should draw us to live in honor of God, to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. So now I'm going to pray, but if you're a believer in the room, you're invited to the table. Uh, and just some logistical things, right? We're walking this way towards the table. Um, and take your time. Jared said this last week, you don't have to be done by the first song. If you need to take a moment, pray, get excited about what God's doing in this world, do that. If you need to take a minute and come and find somebody to pray with because you don't know what words to pray, come find somebody. There's no rush to the table. It's there. It's open, and we love you, and we want you to participate in that, in that remembering of the gospel. It's only in him that we have these blessings. It's in him that we are adopted into the family of God, and it's in him that we have an inheritance, a hope. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for your work. Thank you for choosing us in Christ. Thank you for coming and giving your life for us that we might have hope Thank you for not just making this something that we can know in our head, but Lord, something that we can put on. Lord, I pray for the people in this room who don't know you. Lord, I pray that they would put on the shoes and that they would get in Christ, that they would get in you. Lord, we thank you for your body that you gave up for us. We thank you for your blood that covers over our sin, our imperfection. Lord, we worship you. We 
are so grateful for your kindness and that it's towards us. It is in Christ's name that I pray. Amen.